This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. You better get his rookie card now, because after this year, the price ain't going down. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, it is going to get so much less week. We're going to uh, talk about a bunch of fun stuff. Going to talk some video store stuff. Going to talk about going to talk about that weird visit we had last week from J5, good old Johnny Five. We're going to we're going to induct the new movie into the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame, and then we're going to talk about a wrestling action figure I bought. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be great. Everyone, everyone's going to have a great time, and you're going to leave feeling a lot better than when you started. So. With all that said, let's, uh, hit it. Lemon to a lime, a lime to a lemon. You are listening to the mother number one. The Funkin' Toys R Us Report. Yep, that much is true. You are listening to the mother number one, the Funkin' Toys R Us Report. Man, last week was wild, dude. I've, uh... I've spent the last seven days sitting around and, you know, I've been, I've been doing some ruminating, doing some thinking and dude, it was super wacky that we had J5, good old Johnny Five on the show. It's the first time we've ever had like a, like a legitimate celebrity guest that was crazy. It was also crazy how, how dude doesn't sound like he sounds in a, like he sounds in his famous flicks. Reassemble, Stephanie. Reassemble. I know you don't understand, but when you're dead, you're dead. That's just the way it is. Dead is forever. Squash. Dead. Disassemble. Dead. Disassemble. That was some good acting in that clip that uh, good old engineer Emily found for us. Man, that dude... Maybe he should have won the Robot Academy Award. You could really feel his sorrow at that, uh, at that disassembling that he witnessed there. You, you feel how, how he, he just doesn't understand how a human being can't be brought back like a robot. It's, it's touching stuff and I'm not, um, you know, I'm not trying to, not trying to kiss his butt or anything with that. It's, it's, it's true, man. That's, that's some, some fantastic acting. I would, I'd like to get him back on the show. I think that I might, um, I might work toward that goal, but I don't, I don't know if I want to invest in the film. The A.B. Silver biopic might be an interesting watch, but I don't know if it has the, uh, the widespread appeal that some of these Hollywood blockbusters have. A movie like, like The Avengers or Star Wars. These movies are like, they're for everyone, and I just don't know that an A.B. Silver biopic is for everyone, but Maybe the robot movie audience is uh, bigger than I think. Maybe more robots go to the movies than I imagine. When I go, I don't see that many. I do see one from time to time, but I, I find that they, you know, they they spend their amusement dollars in other ways. I I know, for example, that Iceberg Iceberg Thirteen, he's a robot that I'm close with. He he spends a lot of his time over at the uh, at the arcade, the ship's arcade. He spends his money there on on whatever it is he he buys at the snack bar. I always see him over at the snack bar gang stuff, but I don't, um, I'm not really sure what it is, I should, I should ask him next time I have him on, but most of his extra money goes into the, um, into the arcade, I don't know, he's not much of a film connoisseur, and I, but I don't know if that's indicative of every robot, I'd hate to, I'd hate to stereotype, but I would, I'd like to get J5 on the, on, on the show again, we could, 
we could use the the celebrity power. What you hope is that when you have somebody of his, you know, his stature on the show, that they'll go ahead and like retweet the link or like tweet out the link that they were interviewed. But I don't know, man. He he did kind of just hang up on me, so I don't I don't know. It does. Part of me thinks that it feels like he's just just out to get my money, but I mean that that can't be true. There has to be some some artistic merit to his project. I think. I guess. I don't know. Um. So what else is popping off lately? Oh, this is this is some sucky news. Some local sucky news for for those Sonoma County peeps out there that that are tuning in. The video store in Sebastopol is closing down after 23 years of of business and that's um that's really sad that lowers down the Sonoma County total to I believe three video stores were down from four that was that was some complicated math but don't worry I'm I'm happy to do it for you there is Silver Screen Video in Petaluma and then Santa Rosa has two there's one Joe Video over in the over in the Roseland area, and then there is Video Droid on Mendocino Avenue. I have only been to the video store in Sebastopol a few times. It's it's just a bit out of the way for me, and I've never I've never uh, like gotten the habit of going there regularly. But it is a nice store. We went there on this past Monday. They are shutting down in a week and they are having a liquidation sale. So I wanted to go down there and see if maybe, maybe I could get up on some signs or some stickers or things like that. Maybe some old video store stuff that they, that they might have laying around, but all of the signs in the store are are hand drawn. They're hand drawn on like blackboards, not like blackboards like chalkboards, but like whiteboards that are colored black. They're very nice. I I like the style of them, but I was I was hoping they might have some old signage that says like special interest section or horror movie section, but they didn't. But it was it's always sad to see a see a store go out of business. Everything was marked down to sell the the new release movies, the DVDs were all like $8, I think. And then the stock titles were were $6. And the store was jam-packed with people, which is, which is a bit of a bummer, too. I would imagine, you know, being the owner, I would feel like, why weren't you guys here when we were struggling to stay open? You're here now just like picking the bones. I, I don't think they are exactly picking the bones. I'm sure that they're happy to... Happy to sell anything they can at this point, but people uh, sure flock down for a for a clearance sale, and I I sadly was one of them too. What can I say? But I'm also not a resident of Sebastopol, so I can hardly be blamed for any of this. Still, though, it's um it's sad. It's sad to see another another store go down, another video store go down. I I realize that we were incredibly lucky to even have even have four Joe Video. Joe Video over in Rosalind is my preferred store, and I'm lucky to even have a preferred store in in, in this day and age. But um, I wish I wish this was like a a model that could continue on because it was it was always so much fun to like on a Friday on a Saturday night uh, to go down to the go down to the store and peruse the shelves and find something to watch. It was fun to go, you know, with the old wife or like a pal and. You spend time walking around the aisles and you talk and you chitty chat about what movie you're going to pick. And the negotiating part was always kind of fun. Well, maybe you should rent this this time because last time we got the we got the rom-com that you wanted or vice versa. It was it was cool. Just nice to go out there, get a bit of socializing. Sometimes you would sometimes you'd bump into people you knew the the Bradley video that I used to frequent had free popcorn, so we'd always get like a little bag of popcorn out of the popper and walk through the aisles and decide what what we were gonna get. That's a time that I look upon with such a fondness. This is all all something you know. Another thing that I I really miss about the video store era, and this wasn't something that they had at uh, the video store in Sebastopol. This was just something that they have at different video stores in the past. You know, was uh, video game rentals. I'm not really the type who's going to like splurge and buy a game. I've never, I've never really been that type, um, like a $60 investment for something that I, 
I don't know, it's going to be all that great, isn't something I was always willing to take the plunge on, but I could, I could always talk myself into like a $5 week-long rental of a game, which, which was fun, because you get to try it out, you get to see it, and a lot of times you're bored with it within the week, so that was always, always dope, so I, I feel the loss of video game rentals as well as movie rentals. The Bradley, the Bradley that I used to work at had a, the area was called the Game Cage, and it was like a caged-off area full of all the games of different of different sim- systems, rather, symptoms. It had games of many different symptoms, and you would go go in the cage and take your pick. I, I, I miss that, man. I I am all for any activity that gets you out of the house, even if it's even if it's inconvenient. It's good to go out, get some air, experience the real world. I don't think that I spend more time in the house than anybody else, but I do know that I used to I used to be out of the house a lot more than I am now, just you know, running errands. And stuff, and while while that might be annoying, it's good for you. It's good for you in the long run to just you know get some real life outdoor experiences. But back to the back to the video storms of basketball, man. This is it's just a bummer. There's not a lot to be said beyond it's it's a bummer. the The video store is in a kind of small strip mall with a supermarket, Pacific Market, a Mambo's Pizza. When we went over there, we grabbed up a slice of Mambo's. Then there's a 3D printing store and a hardware store. So back in the dizzy, back in the day, you would have everything you needed if you lived in a neighborhood. You got groceries, you got a hardware, you got videos. You could go out, grab a Mambo's, rent a couple movies, go home, and have the time of your life. And that, that's sadly all gone now. Now you just got to go home, watch Netflix, maybe grab your Mambo's. Maybe not, because you weren't out, because buying the pizza was kind of a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. Maybe you don't. Maybe just see the... You eat a Tombstone or a DiGiorno's. I massively prefer Tombstone to DiGiorno's. If if you guys if you guys care, the DiGiorno's pizza always comes out moist. I don't know what that is, man. the The crust is always moist. I go for the go for the uh, crispier Tombstone crust. But you know what's the best of all the frozen pizzas? It's this brand that we used to get at the the discount grocery store, Rainbow Foods. We'll go over there every once in a while, kind of look around, see what they have. They they had this brand of pizza called Dick's that was just fantastic. If you ever see a Dick's pizza in the freezer, grab it. It's great. Um, so to finish this up, I got to say, Video Store Sebastopol, it's sad to see you go. You had a great run. You've been uh, you've been around for a while. But as much as it pains me to say it, the Video Store in Sebastopol, they reminisce over you. moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? It must be precious cargo. Just government secrets. What's next? You are going to publish these documents. We could all go to prison. Trying to make sense of how you could just lie to us all. Can't do this. I'm not asking your permission. If we don't publish, we will lose. The country will lose. The Post. What are you so happy about? I always want to be part of a small rebellion. Rated PG-13. The movie that I saw this week is The Post. The latest from Steven Spielberg. It stars Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, and like... A million other great people. Bob Odenkirk is in it. David Cross is in it. So you get a um, you get a Mr. Show reunion. At one point, they're standing right next to each other. That was that was fun. I'm a big fan of of Mr. Show. This is a movie about newspapers. I I love the newspaper. I get the newspaper every day. I read it every day. I love it. I think it's great. But it is sadly a dying industry, just like um, just like video stores. This is a tale of the of the nineteen seventies. the The basic story is that the New York Post and the Washington Post get the they get their hands on these documents from the government, these government secrets, and it is a report on. The Vietnam War, where in which the the U.S. government admits that they don't feel like we have any chance to win the Vietnam War and that the only reason we're still in it is there would be a lot, uh, a large, 
a large loss of face if we pulled out that we would look bad and they weren't sure if the American people could handle losing a war, which... Losing a war is a bummer, but it's even more of a bummer to send people off to die in a losing effort, which was which was what was going on. And in the movie, the editor of The Post and the publisher, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, have to decide whether, whether they should publish these documents. This was a fantastic movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Steven Spielberg is a master filmmaker. We all know this. He makes a perfectly short, perfectly tight movie. It goes... I think the runtime of the actual features maybe like an hour and 45. It, it plays really fast. Uh, the acting of Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks is, of course, top-notch. Then you have Carrie Coon from Fargo, and she's great in it. It was just a real delight, especially to somebody like me who enjoys newspapers. This is... This is maybe the most important movie that came out last year. I think that with... I hate to get political, but with our current administration and the the way that they attack the media and they attack the newspapers, they they try to represent them as fake news, as liars. The the newspaper industry, the news industry is more important than ever because they are out there doing their best to get the truth to us. And this this movie is almost such such a perfect reflection on what's going on now with the with the administration's attack on the media, it's perfect. It's such a perfect, timely movie for for right now. So besides being massively entertaining, massively uplifting, and everything else, it's also, like, right on point with what we're going on right now. Let's, let's see what they got over on Tomatoes. As of right now, as we speak, the movie is, it is, boop, 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 88% with the critics on the good old uh, Rotten Tomatoes site is 74% with the peeps. I loved it. I'm going to give a review there in a second. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to raise that a bit. It's made just under $4 million at the box office, which, you know, that's not really, really indicative of anything. A lot of, a lot of great movies don't do that well, as well as the people I've mentioned. Also, Alison Brie. Alison Brie is turning out to be a pretty, a pretty good actor. You wouldn't have known it from Community or any of these things she's done, but with Glow, and now this. She's really, she's putting a uh, nice little little resume out there for herself. You got Jesse Plemons. He's in it from Breaking Bad, Sarah Paulson. It was a star-studded cast. I imagine all these people are really just like, they just want the chance to be in a Spielberg movie. Who wouldn't? I, I myself would, would enjoy being in one. I cannot recommend this movie highly enough. I think that it's just the perfect movie for the now. If you if you ask me, while it is not the best movie that came out last year, you know that I think that it's Dunkirk. If I don't think it's Dunkirk, I think it's A Shape of Water. I think that this movie probably is the one that should win the Oscar in that it is it's the most important movie that came out last year. It is so important, and I think that I think that this is one that just everybody should see it. I, I recommend it as high as I can go. Well, not not as high as I can go. Let's get to that. Let's get to that right now. On the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with five being an all-time classic and one being a dead. I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give the uh, the post four, four mics. mics. Four mics. No more than a few times a generation, a film proves through the power of repeat viewings that it has stood the difficult test of time and become a time-honoured legend. This is the Icy Robots Radio 5 Mic Movie Hall of Fame. Another storm heading northern California, the story at 11. Tonight's film, although edited for television, deals with street gang warfare and contains scenes of violence which may not be suitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Tonight, I want the people to know that the Warriors were there. An ABC premiere presentation. Who are the Warriors? What happens when the toughest kids in New York City join forces? Send the word. To stop one gang. I want them all. I want all the Warriors. I want them alive if possible. If not, wasted. But nobody stops the Warriors.
yes, it is me, Icy Robots, here to induct the next movie into the ultimate prestigious Hall of Movies, the Icy Robots Radio 5 Mike Movie Hall of Fame. And this week we have, we have a movie that is near and dear to my heart, one of my favorite movies of all the times. This is a movie known as The Warriors. The Warriors was directed and produced by the great Walter Hill, who you might know from The Driver. He produced Alien. He was the director of Southern Comfort. He is, he's an all-time legend. The movie was directed and produced by him, but written by, written by Saul Urich. Well, rather, it was based on a book written by, by Saul Urich. The Warriors is the story of a Coney Island street gang known as well, known as the Warriors, who, while while attending a summit, a gang summit in in Central Park, are mistakenly accused of killing the speaker, the speaker at that event, and then they are pursued by every other gang in the city back to their hometown of Coney Island. Is Coney Island a hometown, or is it is it your hood? It's your neighborhood. That's what I would say. So they get chased by every other gang back to their hood. Coney Island. It is a action-packed, super fun movie. I love this movie. I love this movie so much. It has like just fantastic fighting scenes. It's incredibly well shot. It it's just great, man. There is there is no flaws to this movie. I have a I have a poster of the Warriors hanging in my in my living room. I picked it up at the flea market. It's an original. It's great. We got it, we got it framed and mounted, and it's hanging right above my Laserdisc player in the living room. Sadly, though, I don't have the Warriors on Laserdisc. I have a cassette of the soundtrack. I have a VHS copy. I have the ultimate director's cut of the Warriors. I have a copy of the Warriors PlayStation game, which which was a lot of fun, but I don't I don't have it on Laserdisc. I'm going to have to going to have to cop that for the IC Robots Radio Party Blimp, which does which does indeed still exist even though we don't we don't talk about it too much. Construction construction has been slowed. The fires really uh, really took a chunk out of the uh, blimp, the blimp budget. But back to the Warriors. The Warriors is to me one of the ultimate martial arts fighting type action movies that there is. During the course of the film, the way that it's sort of formatted is the Warriors move from neighborhood to neighborhood on their way back to back to the shore, back to their home, and as they pass through each neighborhood, they have to fight another gang. It's uh, just a real, you know, bang-up fighting. For example, one of the gangs that they have to mix it up with is a gang called the Baseball Furies, and these guys, these guys wear baseball uniforms, they paint their face white, and they have baseball bats, so the Warriors have a baseball bat fight against the, against the Baseball Furies, and there's another one where they are in they're in the restrooms of the subway and they have to fight another gang. These guys, these guys all wear overalls and stripy shirts and a, a dude gets smashed through a toilet. They bust through the stalls. This was, this was an early innovator in the art of breaking furniture. Something that became, something that became later super popular in the world of wrestling. The, the Warriors were one of the first dudes to like throw somebody through a table. That's not, that's not true in any way. Dudes have been, dudes have been getting thrown through tables in Western films for like ever, but they usually go like through the balcony of the saloon and then down, down through the table. And this, you know, they were just like smashing dudes through, uh, through stuff. Um, man, I really got, really got on a detour there about that. That, that just happens sometimes. The movie is... It's a lean and mean 93 minutes. You know how your boy likes that. The shorter, the shorter, the better. It stars Michael Beck, who was just coming off a big turn in Xanadu. I think, I think I actually have that reversed. I think that he went to Xanadu after, after this movie. This movie did so good for him that it landed him the starring role in Xanadu, the futuristic roller skating movie. That is... That's an all-time classic. If you haven't seen Xanadu, go see that. It also stars Deborah Van Valkenburg, who you might recognize from... Let's just, you know, let's get some some re- real details on this. She's been in, like, a million, a million zillion things. You cannot even, uh, you can't even count. She's in Cagney and Lacey, MacGyver, Monsters, Body of Evidence, Quantum Leap, 
She was on a Deep Space Nine, Chicago Hope. The the list goes on and on. She was in The Warriors, King of the Mountain. She's in Streets of Fire, a Diane Lane classic. She is the female lead in this. And then there's James Remar, who is presently in Black Lightning. I actually... I actually met James Remar once. You might know him. He was, um, he's in Sex and the City. He was, what's the, uh, you know, the fuddy daddy one with the red hair? He was, he was her husband. He plays Ajax. Ajax in, in the Warriors. I, I met this homeboy. We were visiting my sister-in-law in Los Angeles and we went to a mall in Japantown and we were just kind of, we were just kind of hanging and clanging, walking around, doing whatever. And I looked over there and I'm like, Hey, look, that's, uh, that's Ajax from the Warriors. And he was just kind of, he was just kind of standing there off on this area where they had, like, purses and stuff. And I'm thinking, should I go bother him? I don't, I don't really know if I want to, you know, go bug some dude just because he was in a movie that I liked. But he was, he was just kind of standing there looking like, like he wasn't, like, you know, like, up to anything important. So I strolled up to him and I'm like, hey, man, um, you know, blah, 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 nice to meet you, I... I really, I really enjoyed you in the Warriors, and he's like, "Hey, that's great. I don't, I don't hear that one every day. That's cool, man. Thanks." You know, he didn't say it exactly like that, but he was like a friendly, jovial guy. And when, when you bump into a celebrity and you go to say something, there are there are like two types. There's the type that you know they they're polite and they just go, "Oh, hey, thanks," you know, and then they go back to what they're doing. And then there is like a whole another type that's like over the top, and they don't. They don't want to let you go without, you know, giving you, like, a friendly moment. And James Remar was, he was this type. He's like, so, you know, do you do you live here in L.A.? And I told him, no, you know, no, I'm from, you know, Santa Rosa. He's like, oh, beautiful country, the wine country. Me and the, me and the wife get down there all the time. He told me how he was here in Japantown trying to pick up a purse for his wife. And then he showed me a purse that he was thinking about buying and asked what I thought of the purse or if I preferred the other purse. Dude was like a real nice guy, not at all swell-headed. If you ever bump into James Remar, you know, walk up to him, tell him you like Ajax and the Warriors, and maybe, maybe you'll get a similar reaction. It can't hurt. The Warriors is a movie that has definitely grown in status over the years. When it first opened... It was marred by real-life gang violence. In early early screenings, fights were breaking out. People were, like, throwing rocks at each other, jumping up and, like, slicing the screens with their switchblades. They were kung fu fighting in the aisles. They were doing all the things that the Warriors were doing in the actual movie. And this led to, this led to several theaters just, you know, shutting down before the movie could gain any momentum. The, the studio, from what I have read and understand, offered insurance bonuses to any, any theater chains that would play it, but not a lot did. And the movie kind of, kind of languished in not obscurity but a, a sort of obscurity until until later in the 90s and in the 2000s where the movie the movie really gained a cult status that it has that it maintains until today there's been video game there have been action figures there have been like t-shirts i've seen warriors t-shirts at at Walmart and i don't mean the golden state warriors because i see those too i mean the warriors from the warriors from Coney Island. Let's uh let's take a quick second here and listen to a uh, TV spot for the Warriors, and then I will come back and I'll I'll tell you some of my personal stories, some of my personal memories. Like like this section hasn't already been about that, but I'll tell you I'll tell you how I came to be introduced to the movie. Going back, the Warriors are 27 miles from safety. The only choice we've got. They're in a war zone called New York City. Every gang wants to get them. Every cop wants to bust them. They have one way out. They have one chance. They have one night. The Warriors, rated R. Starts today at the Bruin Westwood, Man's Hollywood, and specially selected theaters and drive-ins. Baseball's heroes dropped the ball. Made an error. Our friends are on second base and trying to make it all the way home. The first time that I ever saw the Warriors was was through the lens of Joe Bob Briggs, who 
you might know from Monster Vision or from his drive-in theater show. Now, my recollections do not allow me to discern whether it was Monster Vision, which came second, or the drive-in theater show on the movie channel. Right now, though, we're going to kick off Joe Bob's last call, and our movie is none other than the classic The Warriors, starring Michael Beck and... Uh, you might remember Michael from two weeks ago as the dimwit redneck in Megaforce. Yeah. Of course, Michael hopes you don't remember him as the dimwit redneck in Megaforce because this is the performance he would rather be remembered for. But Michael is the leader of a gang in Coney Island called the Warriors that goes uptown for a massive meeting of all the gangs in New York City. And before the night is over, they've been to hell and back about 19 times. And I don't want to give away the plot for those who haven't seen this, but these are the kind of gangs that you only see in the movies. They're like the gangs in West Side We We joined the movie in progress. It had it had already started. We were out, I don't know, doing something. Me me and the wife, we probably went to the comic store. I would do that a lot. I would go down to um the store and flip through the quarter books. I don't know. It was how I spent my time and... We we came home, flipped on the tube, and there it was Joe Bob Briggs talking about some some crazy movie that was based on Jason and the Argonauts, and then he went into some background info on how there were like kung fu riots in the aisles during the during the early screenings and stuff, and I was just I was immediately taken, so we settled in and watched what was left of the movie. I I seem to recall that we joined it far along the way in progress, but when I brought this up to the wife, she seemed to think that we joined the movie when it was right near the beginning, so, you know, different takes on what was, what was essentially the same event. I say essentially when I actually mean exactly. It was the exact same event, but... It's weird, right? It's weird how I remember it one way and she remembers it another way, even though even though we were both there at the time. At any rate, to me, not seeing the entire flick, I wanted to see all of the movie. We only we only caught a bit. I needed it. I needed it. I became obsessed. This was, you know, this was back in the day before you could just go online and find it on a streaming service or if you had to, if you absolutely had to, you could you could torrent it. If you couldn't find the movie on TV, you had to leave the house, go to the video store and find it. And that's exactly what we did. At the time, we were living in a in a small basement apartment and the video store that was nearest to where we were was Video Droid. So we rolled down to Video Droid and first we we hit the shelves. I remember this like so distinctly. First we we hit the shelves and we went to get to the action section to the W's. We couldn't find it. We they had a section of like renowned directors. We thought maybe they have a Walter Hill section. We went over there, we couldn't find it. So I had I had no choice but to go to to the clerk and I said, Hey man, do you guys have the Warriors on VHS? We didn't even have a DVD player. I'm not even sure they were inventing DS. And he's like, dude, this is Video Droid. Of course we have the Warriors. And he started like tippy tapping in the computer. And then he said, huh, looks like we, we don't have the Warriors. He's like, let me look into this a bit more. And he got the, the big video guide that you could order from. And he's like flipping through it going, you know, if we don't have it, we should definitely have it. I'll, I'll order it. And then when it... When it comes here, I'll, you know, I'll give you a buzz. You can check it out. And I'm like, that's cool, man. So he's going through it and he goes, hey, check it out. The movie is, the movie's out of print. Turns out that for whatever reason, the Warriors was out of print completely. It had the original theatrical run and a brief run in the early days of VHS, but it wasn't available at the store. They were not able to order a copy and it wasn't like until... Many, many, many years later that it eventually came out on DVD. So I I had to like struggle along without seeing the movie for the longest time. It became like this, like this legendary thing in my head. It's sort of like, you know how things kind of like transmorgify over time. I hadn't seen it. I didn't like have the chance to get the details fully in my head. So it became like this, this thing off in the back of my mind where I would try to 
I try to remember the details of what I saw. I'd be like, did they fight like some baseball dudes or something in the movie? And wasn't there a scene where like they threw a Molotov cocktail or something? But I wasn't able to like get my hands on a copy to see if any of these things I was imagining were things that actually happened in the movie. This, this like need to find out more led me to actually go out and get the Saul Urick book that it was that it was based on. I do not recall how I learned that the movie was based on a book, but this was this was something that I did eventually figure out and I went down to the library, the Sonoma County Library Central Branch, and they they didn't have it in the system, but they were able to get it for me on interlibrary loan, which was which was pretty cool, but the book, the book and the movie are really far apart. the The book that it's based on is more of a, it's trying to be a realistic take on the gang problem that was going on in New York at the time. Whereas the Warriors is a hyper, like a hyper fictionalized version of the gang problem. The gangs and the warriors wear, they wear costumes like they are Batman villain henchmen. And in the Saul Urich book, the gangs are like real bad kids who they murder, they sexually assault, they rob. They're, they're real awful. A movie based on this actual book would be very depressing. Whereas The Warriors is, I don't know if I'd say uplifting, but it is exhilarating. It's exhilarating and fun. Reading the book, though, that even, like, skewed my memories of of the movie even more. I started to wonder if the version that I saw on TV may have been, like, an edited version. I'm sure it was edited in some ways. The Warriors is, it's pretty violent. But I wondered if it was even edited more because the book was, like, incredibly gritty and raw. And like I said, the movie was fun and exhilarating. So I just like, I had these super skewed views of what I saw. And then eventually the movie did come out on DVD. I was at Cottingtown Mall. They had a warehouse, a warehouse, the music store on one end over by International Imports. And I was just like, I was just like cruising around over there, flipping through the DVD racks. And I saw the Warriors. I couldn't believe it. There was the movie that I saw that one night on Joe Bob Briggs, I just, I was, I was just totally taken aback and I got it. I think it was like five ninety nine. It was one of those like super cheap paper covered DVDs that they would have in the bins, you know, not even on the wall. It was in the bins and I got it and I went home and I watched it. I watched it once and I watched it twice right after that. It was, it was so great. Do you remember that feeling? This is a feeling that you don't get anymore where... Let's say you hear a song on the radio one day and you don't know what the song is and you have no way of discovering like the identity of that song and it just hangs around in your head and it hangs around for days and weeks and then maybe it leaves but then there's one day you turn on the radio and there's that song that you heard and it it's like this euphoric feeling of finally having the knowledge filled in around what you have been trying to fill the whole time. That's what that's what I got from the Warriors. Nowadays, you know, it's it's a little more convenient. If you can't find something out, you can just look it up. You you don't need to think about these things as much as you did. But man, when I finally got the DVD, I was so excited. And it turns out that the movie was even better than I remembered. I thought it was cool. I thought it was great. But then when I watched it, I'm like, this movie is great. This is like... This is like the greatest thing ever. One of the highlights. I would say you could go as far as to think this is the highlight is the speech that Cyrus gives at the beginning. This summit that I mentioned earlier is held by the gang known as the Gramercy Rifts. And the Rifts leader is this cat known as Cyrus. And this guy is, he is a charismatic preacher like no other. And when I saw the movie the first time on Joe Bob Briggs, I did not see the the famous speech. And when I, when I finally got to catch it on DVD, I'm like, this is the greatest wrestling promo I've ever heard in my life. This guy, this guy is amazing. I was able to find it online. So let me play this for you. I'm sure you've heard it before, but 
it's the kind of thing that, you know, you really, you really cannot hear it enough. So let me um, get this started. All right. Be back in a second. If you can count. Now look what we have here before us. We've got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street boys. We've got the Moonrunners right by the Van Cortland Rangers. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members, 40,000 counting affiliates, and 20,000 more not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? That is such an amazing scene. I think that if you asked somebody... Hey man, throw me a quote from the Warriors. I don't know why you do that, but let's just say you did. You would, you would get somebody going, "Can you dig it?" Or, or maybe you would get him saying this. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. Either one of those two would do, dude. Any movie that has like two iconic scenes like that has to, has to be considered a classic. As I understand it, the Warriors come out and play a a scene was improvised on the spot. The dude just like picked up some bottles off the ground and started tippy tapping them. And next thing you know, you got an all time legendary scene. So there you have it, dudes. I am happy. To open the doors and allow Walter Hill's The Warriors entry into the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame. I believe this is justified. I think this is one of the best action movies of all time. It's influential. It's had cultural influence. It's had everything that you would want in a five-star movie. So, I salute you, Walter Hill's The Warriors. You are now officially in the IC Robots Radio Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame. Drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it's me, Icy Robots. I'm back for the uh, final segment of the show. Let's see, this is the part where I talk about, like, some stuff I might have got or just whatever things I might have done. I guess that's what I talk about in every segment. But this is, this is like the part where I talk about different things that I've seen at the stores or whatever. I don't know. You probably know what this is about by now. So, um, let's start off with... We need some show patrons, guys. Hop on over to uh, supportthereport.com. Consider, like, starting off with as small an amount as a dollar a month. You get all kinds of fun, exclusive content. It's it's well worth a buck a month. Trust me, guys. And, you know, if you don't like it, just 
unsubscribe. It is supportthereport.com. It helps to helps to keep the light on. I also, lights. I got more than one. I got a bunch of lights. Got to pay for them. I also, uh, we have the IC Robots Super Tape. You can find out all, all the, uh, all the details. It's a VHS mixtape that I made. It's getting, getting rave reviews from all that I hear. So, Let's, uh, let's find out how we can get up on that. Hop on over to icerobots.com. That's I-S-E-E robots. Like, I am looking at them. Or go to the Facebook group. Contact me over there. It's a two-hour mixtape with commercials, TV bumpers, all kinds of cool stuff. It's neat. You want it. Even if you don't have a VCR, it's a nice piece of, um, nice piece of show, show memorabilia. What else is, what else is cracking besides those Besides those plugs, I got, um, there's a new episode of the Pretentious Podcast. It is the final episode of the PP. It's going to, it's going to be coming back in an updated form. It's going to be called something entirely different. You gotta, you gotta tune into the PP to find out the details for that. You can find that on the IC Robots radio feed. That's me and Kevin Zerby. We do that one. We try to do it every two weeks, but things, uh... Things kind of fell off during the holiday season, but we're back in full effect, and <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> back in full effect for the final episode, <laughs> which is, you know, funny in and of itself. Uh, uh... Yo, ISR man, you're getting them nervous. We're gonna break down. I got um a new Charlotte Flair figure over at. Over at Target, Charlotte Flair is the WWE Ladies Champ. Where did I put the box for that? I I brought it up here so I could talk about it. I I picked this up at Target over at the Cottingtown Mall. It was it was the day of the Royal Rumble, and the event was getting ready to start. But I I didn't want to watch the whole thing. I just wanted to see the I wanted to see the Royal Rumbles. They had a uh, gals one and a guys one, pals and gals. Having a separate Royal Rumbles. It was, you know, it's gonna be fun. I Royal Rumble's cool. I watch wrestling, but I don't really like get into the pay-per-view scene until like WrestleMania season and Royal Rumble is that's the start of WrestleMania season. The winner of the Royal Rumble gets to fight for the title at WrestleMania. So we you know, we like went out to do some just walking around or whatever. Cottingtown has a bunch of it has a bunch of Pokestops. I still play Pokemon Go. I'm into it. Once I start with something, I, I kind of stick with it for, for the most part. You know, I give up on stuff that's dumb. But Pokemon Go's fun. I enjoy it. It gets me out of the house. I walk around. And uh, Cottingtown has a million, like a million zillion Pokestops. Pokestops are where you get new supplies like Pokeballs or reviving spray. Stuff like that. This is where you get your, where you get your stuff. You can also buy it with real life money. But your boy is not going to do that. I'm not that kind. I, I walk. So we go over there and... We're, like, strolling around. Cuttingtown Mall is sort of the secondary mall here in Santa Rosa. They have a Whole Foods and a Target, which do great business. But the the entire inside is, it's, like, dead to the world, all all the stores in there. The the Foot Locker recently shut down, and the, the kiosks throughout the middle are mostly empty. There's a Seize Candy, which was great when your boy was on the sugar tip, but we haven't gone there that much lately. There's a Hallmark Hallmark store. We go there, and that's really about it. We just kind of go to walk around. Sometimes we use the massage chairs. You guys ever do that? Like those chairs you sit in for like a buck, it'll rub your back for a few minutes. That's, you know, it's a good way to spend a buck. But we were over there walking around, and I went to the toy section, and I saw the WWE Elite Collection Charlotte Flair, complete with... An entrance robe. Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter. And she wears those super ornate robes that her dad was known for. These giant sequined robes are dope. And I have another Charlotte Flair figure, but it's more of a basic one. And I remember telling my wife one day, I wish they would come out with one where she has a robe. Well, here it is. This is the one where she has a robe. And I I copped it when I saw it. I wasn't sure if I really wanted it or not, but... Since I had said to myself, if they ever make one of these, I'm going to get it. I felt like I should get it. Um, It's a nice figure. She is about on scale with a Marvel Legend. As a matter of fact, I have my other Charlotte Flair on the shelf with my Marvel Legends. It's like, she seems super heroic over there next to to She-Hulk. Let me me grab the figure. I got it here. I got the box and I got the figure. Hold on. I hope you can hear me talking still. 
while I am reaching over here. She is different than the um, the other Charlotte Flair that I bought. She has a different a different outfit on underneath. Um, it seems like it's the same mold. Well, this face is smiling. The other one's kind of scowling. This one has a robe, which, you know, she has one, two, three, four, five, six. Like she has a bunch of articulation, just like... It's like a Marvel legend, like I like I just said a second ago. But the real selling point is is her big robe. It's a um, really nice piece of uh, fabric. It's shiny. I wish that I wish that they had the more current one, but I realize how long it takes to get a figure in production. But now she has this this amazing ring robe that looks like a peacock. It has like peacock feathers coming out. It's awesome. I wish that they had that this one that one. I hope that. This figure, I wish that this figure had that one, but, you know, this one's really great. It's blue, and it says flare in silver. That that would be, if you ask me, Ric Flair's color, I, I kind of line him up with blue, even though he did wear robes of many splendiferous colors, and I think that at this point, she was going for the more traditional flare robe. Now she has, like, a Charlotte Flair peacock robe, and it's dope. Let's see, who else is in this line? They have Jay Uso... And Jimmy Uso of the Usos, Bray Wyatt, uh, Rich Swan, and John Cena. Like I think I said that already. And Charlotte. I'm I'm pretty pleased with this. She comes with a stand. I have her on her stand, standing backwards, so you can see how it says a flare across her robe. And I have her arms, her arms out. If you hop on over to icrobots.com, I posted some pictures of her that are they're worth checking out. You know, just some basic action figure pictures. If you are so inclined, you can hop over there and check them out. It's fun. I don't know, man. You guys, you guys may or may not like looking at toys. I think you do. I, I assume you do. I presume. I presume that you do. This is, this is cool, man. You guys have been hearing me talk about trying to acquire a TV for the retro room down on Earth Base One. It's where, it's where I chill and grill. You know, I got a couch and I got a VCR and a laser disc player, and it's where. It's where I hang and clang, you know. It's my fortress of solitude. I I had a TV. I got like a 20-inch TV, like a 90s one, but it broke. Then the wife helped me find a giant 27-inch CTE TV, which was, which was dope, but it blocked out the window, and it wasn't really what I was looking for. I was looking for like an older, like an 80s TV with like the wood grain on the side, and I wanted like a dial you know, I don't know, man. I wanted that whole retro vibe, but I wasn't succeeding in finding one. They're they're fairly pricey. I missed the window on old TVs. And then one day, it was a Sunday. It had been raining. There was going to be a flea market, but California flea marketers are a wussy sort. Myself included. If it rains, we tend to stay home. But the wife was like, why don't we go? We're not doing anything. Let's just go. We'll... We'll put on our boots and we'll go check it out. And I said, okay, you're right. I'll go. Let's go. So we headed down there and there were maybe like, I don't know, 15 or 20 vendors when sometimes there's like 75 or 100. And once you're there, you might as well look. So we got out and we're walking around and there's this one guy who vends there. They call him the cowboy because he wears a cowboy hat and he just pulls out this enormous collection of Whatever. I think that he empties out houses, vacated houses, or he buys estates or storage units. But every week, he just pulls out these boxes of whatever. They are everything ranging from just, like, papers, personal papers, to just whatever. Like, people's entire lives. Just everything you can imagine being left over inside of a abandoned house or a vacant house. It is sometimes an amazing display of stuff. You can find magazines. I find all kinds of weird paper items there. You can find, you don't know what you're going to find. Sometimes there's absolutely nothing. Sometimes it's like boxes out of people's bathrooms, like boxes of half-used bottles of shampoo and deodorant and iron pills. Other times it's boxes and boxes and boxes of people's photographs, just whatever. You never know, but it's always worth going through. It's a massive collection of stuff. He rents, I'm thinking, four normal spaces, and it's just papers and boxes and stuff just strewn everywhere. He is 
the first spot when you come in. So we always end up getting caught there at the very beginning of the flea market. It takes a while to get through all this stuff. And I don't know. I wasn't like overly in the mood for that kind of picking. It was raining. I I kind of wanted to stay home. And I don't know. I'm a wuss, dude. What do you want me to say? I apologize. But we're we're digging through it, you know. And right near the end, face down, is like a wood grain TV. So I go over to it and I pick it up. And it's like dirty. And it's been raining and I'm like, I, I don't know if I want this. I do want it, but it's been raining. I can't imagine it works. It's stored, like, face down. And then the wife comes over, and she, like, flips her lid, like, you found one! You found the TV you're looking for! That TV's beautiful! You love it! Let me go, let me go ask how much it is. She has such a high spirit. Even when my spirits are a little lower, hers are always amazing. So she goes over and asks the cowboy, how much do you want for that TV? And he goes, oh, take it. Just take it. And can't beat that price. So we go and we put it in the uh, Icy Robots mobile, the Dodge Ram, and we head home with it. And I'm like, I'm going to let it sit here and dry for a while. You know, I let it dry for a day and I plugged it in, but it works beautifully. It is great. I love it. I love it so much. It's 20 inch wood grain RCA XL 100. It is a terrific TV. Hello. I'm interrupting your TV picture with good news about color TV. Know what's in back of many TV repairs? Look, chassis tubes. Tubes get hot, weaken with age, and are a leading cause of TV repairs. So RCA takes every chassis tube out of XL100 color TVs. XL100s are 100% solid state, designed for longer life and vivid color. Give chassis tube problems the boot with XL100. So great. It has pulled the room together so amazingly well. I have a VCR hooked up to it. I have a Laserdisc player going through the VCR with a coaxial cable into the TV. I have a Roku. I got a Roku that runs through the VCR's input so that I can watch, you know, all my favorite Roku channels, HBO Go, all this stuff, Netflix, on this 80s TV. I was watching YouTube videos on this 80s TV, and it was just so great. I love the way that the, I love the way the colors blend together, and it's a little, little hazy, but it's just, ah, uh, such nostalgia. I am so happy with this TV. It's so great. Some days, you don't want to go, but you might score so hard, so you gotta remember that. The days you don't want to go may be the days you want to go the most. Let's see, one last thing. We got a, uh, we got a new iTunes review. If you leave an iTunes review, I will read it on the air. I love these. It's great. Good or bad, tell me I stink. I'll read it. I'll I'll read a stinky review I got in a second that I that I enjoy. It's not that I enjoy getting lambasted, but it's always interesting to hear what people think. Let's uh, hop on over to iTunes. This one is from our good boy, the Necrotic Doctor, over on Twitter. This guy... Real solid bro. This amazingly solo podcast is very well produced and edited with jam-packed creativity and retro jams. Listening to this podcast reminds me of my childhood growing up in the 80s. The subjects range from flea market finds, toys, movie reviews, and other pop culture stuff. Screw you, A.B. Silver. I agree with the sentiment there. Screw you, A.B. Silver. You brought brought J5 on the show and he hung up on me. Not cool. Uh, I'll get over it, though. A.B. Silver and me... We have our ups and downs, mostly downs, but I don't know. He's he's not the worst dude I've ever met. He's one of them, but uh, thanks, Necrotic Doctor. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the kind words. Let's find this one that I, um, let's see. Do you want to hear a stupid review? You found the right place. The only thing hokey is this stupid review. With 95% of the people love the movie and you say it's hokey, there's something wrong with you. Your poor wife. Wah. Uh, I got clown there. The movie he's talking about was um, Hacksaw Ridge, the Mel Gibson World War II movie. The movie was a bit hokey. I stand by that, but I gave it a good review. I liked it. I've watched it on HBO a couple times. It's a good movie, but it's a bit hokey. What do you want me to say? I appreciate I appreciate the review, though. If you, um, if you write one, I'll read it. Just go on over to iTunes. It takes a few seconds. These things really help us to get noticed. The more good reviews you get, the higher you get bumped up, the more the more other fools will listen to the show. Next week, we are going to be back with a all-new episode of 
This Boring Life. This one is about baseball and baseball cards. I used to goof around with baseball video games. It's mostly about baseball video games, but also a little bit of a real life baseball. And I used to be like a baseball card fanatic. My bro, my dad and me used to go to shows. We used to go to shops. And it's a fun Listen, whether you like baseball or baseball cards, it's mostly about, like, being just an insane collector, you know, so you can, you can feel it from that angle. It's gonna be fun. I actually started making this one last October, then the fires hit, I finally got back to it and finished it. It's, it's a lot of fun, you're gonna like it. This boring life will be, will be back in your life, hopefully making it a little, a little less boring. What do I know? Maybe... Maybe it won't, maybe it will. Either way, give it a listen, you'll love it. So, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for Iceberg 13. Engineer Emily and everybody else in the world for, uh, for whatever. This is episode number 145, Five Bike Movie Hall of Fame, The Warriors. If you don't know, now you know. has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day ah. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.